part of being a registered dietitian is not only teaching the fundamentals of how to eat, but also addressing the emotional piece. Food and mood are very closely attached. You might understand and know the fundamentals, but not always able to execute them based on certain things that you do in your life that make you kind of veer away a little bit. From the Pritikin Longevity Center in Miami, Florida, welcome to the Healthier Everyday Podcast, where we talk about your health, your fitness, your mindset, the food you eat, and putting it all together to create an amazing lifestyle. In this episode, Kara discusses the pitfalls of relying on incorrect sources for nutritional advice and how Pritikin's structured wellness education program takes the guesswork out of healthy eating strategies. Kara also discusses how personalized guidance from a dietitian can help you overcome a variety of unique challenges, from adjusting your mindset to managing various health conditions. Kara Bernstein has over 20 years of experience as a registered dietitian. Kara coaches her clients for issues such as weight loss, cardiovascular disease, gut health, and behavior modification strategies. Enjoy today's episode, and don't forget to like and subscribe. I just think a lot of people are getting their nutritional information from a lot of the wrong places. They're going on YouTube. Maybe they have, maybe they're flipping through their phone. They see like a little short clip on a piece of advice that, that influences their decision-making. They maybe read a book, they watch a YouTube right. video here. They get some information from a friend here. Um, I think one of the best, one of the good things about coming to Pritikin is it's kind of like all compiled with our lectures and all the experts, everything's kind of compiled. We have a proven method of, of nutritional advice. And it really kind of takes the stress away of kind of looking at all these different sources of information, which a lot of times might be contradictory and confusing. So Right, so we try to take the confusion out and make people see. Yeah. Um, and I really think that there's like a spectrum to kind of the way people approach nutrition, like on one end of the spectrum, you have the bodybuilder who has a scale, they weigh their food, every meal, they know exactly how much they're putting in their body, they, they adjust it to the... Very structured. It's extremely structured. Right. Extremely structured. And, and I think that when, when we do the lectures, they're specifically planned out, like the very first lecture when people come to Pritikin, in the nutrition space is called planning your eating strategy. So it starts there. And what we do is we lay out what I would call the Pritikin eating plan. But it is very structured and it does have very specifics and it doesn't always fit where the person is at that moment. So we talk about this. This is what we are doing while you are here at Pritikin. This is how you're eating. This is the food that is provided. And um, it may look different than what you do at home, right? So, so the truth is, is that you can view Pritikin as sort of like a boot camp because you, exer you could exercise three, four times a day, right? All of your food is provided for you. You know that it has no added sugar, no added salt, and very low in saturated fat. And it's primarily plant-based. Um, and that, that is the program that we propose for improving cardiovascular markers, diabetes, insulin resistance, uh, reducing risk of cancer, all overall health, this pretty good eating plan we have shown scientifically to work. But 
the problem sometimes is, is that people know what it is that they should be doing, but they have a difficult time doing it. And so that's why I think it's really, really important if somebody's on a health journey and they want to improve their health, that they come speak to a dietitian one-on-one because everybody's thought processes, how they grew up, what their lifestyle is, can be different. So when they come to me individually, I can ask very specific questions to understand what, what are their challenges, um, you know, how are they, do, are they able to cook? Do they not cook? Do they live alone? Do they live with a family? And so that way we can structure how to best apply the Pritikin eating plan with the situation that they're in, which means we have goals to eventually get to a place. But for example, one of the, one of the slides on the Pritikin eating plan talks about that um, Pritikin is primarily plant-based. So you have plant-based breakfast, you have plant-based lunch, and then at dinner, it's animal-based. And if somebody comes to me and says, Kara, you know what? I went to your lecture today and it was great, but I have a lot of trouble with eating plant-based every single day for breakfast and lunch. I've never done that in my life. I eat chicken all of the time. Mm -hmm. I don't think that I am able to go from where I am right now to exactly what the Pritikin eating plan or Pritikin eating strategy is. So what we do then is just sort of talk about goals very specifically. We give them, um, you know, what, whatever it is. That, okay, I'm going to make sure that I eat uh, plant-based for lunch at least three times a week. I can do that, but I can't do it seven right now. I'm willing to do it three. So it's very specific to what the person um, says that they are willing to do and that they think it is achievable for them. Because if they... I feel that if, if a person comes out of class thinking that they have to follow it exactly and it's too overwhelming for them, then it might turn them off and actually doing everything all at once. So, mm-hmm. you know, my feeling is, is that the predicting eating plan is stellar. It is, it is stellar for promoting optimal health, but we, were all, but we may be all in different stages of getting to that stellar place. Mm-hmm. And I feel that part of my job is to help people do better and be better and go on this journey as opposed to expecting themselves to go from A to Z and not go on the in-between. Here at the Pritikin Center, it's like rainbows and unicorns. All you gotta do is show up and everything is planned and prepared for you. But when you get home, get ready for those lions and tigers and bears. Whether you're racing out the door to work and skipping breakfast or glued to the Zoom call and no time for lunch, or maybe you're in retirement and every day is a holiday. The solution, you need a plan. My name is Kara. I've been a registered dietitian for over 20 years and I've helped thousands of clients create sustainable plans that stick. At the Pritikin Center, we offer a one-to-one remote nutrition coaching program with me. Together, we will create a customized plan that addresses your lifestyle, your health markers, and any of those derailers that lead you astray. Support and accountability can be the difference between finding success and constantly chasing after it. Sign up today for more information about Pritikin at Home Concierge Nutrition Program. There's certain kind of general dietary advice that I think will, will apply to every single person on the planet. It's, you know, 
sugar is not necessarily uh eat whole foods like yeah we eat can, whole foods we can like, all agree yeah. like whether you're doing keto or paleo mm -hmm. or yeah, pritikin right. or mcdougall uh south beach diet whatever whatever type of plan that you're utilizing I do believe one thing that we all agree upon is that whole foods are the way to go because that is what our body is asking us for. It really wasn't designed to process processed foods. Mm -hmm. It was sort of forced to do that based on our society and what, what we are surrounded by. What, what are some of the other, are there any other fundamentals that just kind of, you can blanket say, like if you're going to start with three things, um, it's, you know, not eating the processed foods, what are maybe a couple other? I would say fiber is fabulous. Mm -hmm. So when, whenever we can include fiber in our diet, it helps with so many different um, aspects of our bodies. Uh, for example, when you eat fiber, it um, helps feed your gut and our gut has living, breathing organisms um, that need to be fed. So when we eat fibrous foods, uh, we deliver those fibrous materials to those uh, bacteria, which allows them to grow and thrive and help our overall body fight all sorts of infections and diseases and things like that. It also is very helpful for somebody that has um, elevated cholesterol. It can help decrease your cholesterol levels in your body. I also call fiber nature's broom. It cleans up so it's easier to eliminate and helps avoid um, certain types of cancers in the mm -hmm. GI tract. Um, and it also is very good at helping stabilize blood sugars in terms of the fiber is like a speed bump in the road and it helps slow down that rise of blood sugar. So for any given ailment that I can possibly think of, I do believe fiber is a very good solution. And so if there's certain foods that you, that you know that you enjoy that actually have a good source of fiber, then, you know, I would start there and say, you know what, I really love blueberries and raspberries they're they're sweet enough for me and and you know i went to the class and and kara said berries are best that's one of my lines berries are best because they're lower in the sugar glycemic they don't rise blood sugars as high they're really really high in antioxidant value so they're anti-inflammatory and um they what else can i say about that? they're full of fiber so mm -hmm. they kind of hit all spots in terms of the fruit. So I think it's helpful for people to have these little like mantras that they can sort of follow mm -hmm. um, that resonates with them. Yeah. So I, I use lines like fiber is fabulous, uh, berries are best. I like to say fruit needs friends because when you eat fruit, it is, it is fibrous, but it is sugary as well. So mm -hmm. it can rise blood sugars, especially for people that have issues with insulin resistance. So I, I teach them if they attach it to something that is more fibrous or maybe something that has protein, it will help them stabilize their blood sugar and keep them fuller longer and keep their blood sugars down. So it's just a little tweak. If you have an apple, maybe have some vegetables attached to it instead of just having the apple alone. Mm. Just like little things like that, I think are really helpful for people to attach to and a little less overwhelming as trying to change many, many different habits all in one fell swoop. Mm -hmm. And what would be like one other kind of, whether you're a, whether you're that bodybuilder we were talking about, or whether you're kind of at the other end of the spectrum, maybe somebody who doesn't eat, doesn't think about what they eat, they eat processed foods, they eat all the, all the kind of garbage. What is like one, what is one other nutritional 
piece of advice that applies to both groups of people? Hydration. Mm. I would say hydration is really, really important. I think sometimes we forget how important hydration is, especially if you're that bodybuilder person and you're working out a ton and you're sweating a lot, you're losing a lot of fluids. You need to replenish them, right? For the person that's trying to lose weight, for example, a lot of times we think that we're hungry, but we're actually thirsty. We negate to recognize our thirst. So to really focus on proper hydration, I think across the board is, is something that we would all agree upon. Cool. Which is why I have my water right here. So keep it attached to you. So Vince, you're in the show now. You're late. What were you doing? <laughs> there was a guest I was talking to him on the way. She was asking me about all these different dressings and spices that we're serving here. And um, she was going to be, uh, she was going to miss my lecture tomorrow. So she was upset about it. So I was going to give her like a crash course of like the whole, the whole thing of becoming your own predicament chef and, you know, what we kind of give you the, the tools to kind of succeed in that, in that, in that class. So yeah, I gave it like a five minute rundown. So I was running over here in the hot sun, you know, trying, to, your trying, to, stay, trying to stay hydrated, right? Doing Hopefully staying hydrated. So, so what we, what we've been talking about is just kind of like the fundamentals the fundamental kind of nutritional advice that we give here at Pritikin in our lecture setting and kind of things that apply to all different types of people, no matter whether you're a bodybuilder or no matter whether you're kind of just starting to think about the, your nutrition in a, in a more positive way. And, um, and what I really want to ask is kind of uh, what are some of the, what are some of the, like, so, so you get those fundamentals, you're, you're, the fun, so you learn the fundamentals now. You, you're eliminating uh, processed foods. You're trying to stay hydrated and you're eating a little bit more fiber. Maybe you decreased your sugar intake. What are kind of some specific things that talking to a registered dietitian one-on-one -on -one and maybe over the course of time, what are some of the problems that you can talk about where you can kind of take that to the next level? You know, you got the fundamentals down. Where's what are the, what are what are some of the next level situations that you can kind of tackle after speaking to a registered registered dietitian? Well, I think I think part of being a registered dietitian is not only teaching the fundamentals of how to eat, but also addressing um, the emotional piece because food and mood are very closely attached. So you might understand and know the fundamentals but not always able to execute them based on certain things that you do in your life that um, make you kind of veer away a little bit. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of other things to think about other than what you should be eating. It's how you're setting yourself up to be successful in your eating. And so a lot of things come up in a one-to-one -one conversation, like I'll ask them, well, Run me through a typical day of what your day is like, including what time you get up, what you eat, what time you go to sleep, if you exercise. So I can understand what a typical day is. And um, they, as they're speaking and I listen, I can hear little spaces that might be challenging. One of them might be going to bed too late at night. So, you know, if they're, if they, if they know that in the morning, if they exercise, that's that spearheads them to have a healthier breakfast and then sets the stage for the entire day. But they continuously end up, you know, watching some show which enables them to stay up too late and then they can't get up in the morning and exercise. So 
what we really want to talk about is is saying, okay, well, it seems as if this being up late is is part of the issue of you not having a successful day. So we hone in on a goal to, you know what, I'm going to make sure that I'm in bed by 11 o'clock and that can help ensure that my next day goes better because I know when I do that, it works. So that's why I think it's really important to really understand the person in addition to helping them choose the foods that will help them become healthier, lose weight, whatever, whatever their health priorities are. Yeah, that's super important to just kind of, because I mean, the bottom line is everybody, everybody's different, um, like you said. So it's good to have somebody kind of coaching you and holding you accountable as well, I think. And, the support and, and the accountability. You know, um, we had a guest here, or she is here right now, and she came to the classes and she enjoyed the classes, but she had very specific questions um, about her specific situation um, because it, she, she has a condition that is fairly rare and not everybody has it. So she, she didn't really want to talk about it in class because it really wasn't a group discussion. It was something specifically that she had. And so when she came and talked to me, um, she asked me a few questions about some of the foods that she were eating. Um, for example, an avocado came up and, and we, we here at Pritikin, um, teach about high calorie dense foods. And, you know, for a little bit, they cost a lot of calories. So be careful with these foods. But if somebody doesn't abuse the avocado and it really, if they put a little piece of avocado on their salad, it really improves the flavor and the texture and the taste of the salad, then it's a good idea for that particular person. There's nothing unhealthy about an avocado. It's just high calorie dense. It has good properties too. It's anti-inflammatory. It's good for your immune. It's good for your skin, but at a high calorie cost. So if you're okay putting a little piece, I would say go for it. But the next person says, well, I'm eating avocados all day long. I'm like, listen, we, we gotta, we gotta talk about that a little bit because yes, they're healthy, but in excess, they're not going to achieve the goal that you're trying to achieve. So I think it's really important to give specific suggestions based on how people do things. And um, sometimes in lecture, they may get the message to say, you know, um, if I say, you know, avocados have high calorie density, you know, they might internalize and say, I can never have an avocado. Is that necessarily true? Maybe yes, maybe no, but let's talk about it. And so, so well, what would you say for a typical person is okay? Like it's st standard house avocado, a quarter, a half, a whole? I would say... Um, well, th actually, this is somebody asked me this question yesterday, and they said, if I eat a half a avocado every day, is that too much? And to be perfectly honest with you, I couldn't give them an answer because I don't know what other types of fats are, are going in with those avocados. Yeah, yeah. And so it's so I would say if avocado is your main source of fat and you want to have a whole one in a day and you spread it out, then then that would be okay. But if you're having a lot of oils and a lot of nuts and a lot of seeds in addition to the avocados, then that's a different conversation because they contain a lot of calories and it might be hindering you from achieving your goal. Even though they're heart healthy and good for you, they are in excess. And I help them realize that that's what they're doing because they, they just think of it as this is healthy for me. Um, but they don't think about the the high cost in terms of calories. That has to be accounted for. And they don't mm. always realize that unless I bring it out. 
It's almost as if sitting down with you is a good pathway to find the right way to eat healthier, right? I do believe that is true. <laughs> I mean, listen, if, if there's something that I want to learn to be better at and I have a difficulty with it, I think it's really important that I go to somebody that is very experienced at it and can give me ideas, hacks, like different ways of looking at it. So um, I will bring it in in an easier way because if I don't understand it very well, I'm going to push it away because I don't understand. I'm confused. I'd rather not deal with it. But if I know that it will uh, help me in in something that I'm striving to do, um, for example, with exercise, right? I, I, I exercise a lot, but I am not an expert in exercise. I didn't go to school for that. Yeah. I don't have any sort of certificates for that, yeah. right? So um, I, I, I like to go to a personal trainer once a week. Um, yes. I would love to go more often, but personal trainers are really expensive. But that one time, um, that person teaches me things that I can do that I can take home with me that I didn't really know before. Yeah. And so I think it's really helpful if, if, if you're on a journey to improve something in your life, I believe it's a good idea to go to someone that's an expert in that to help you understand how to do it in a better way so that you will be more successful as opposed to, oh, I, I don't want to do that because that, that, that machine looks too big and too overwhelming to me. So I'm just not going to, I'm not going to do it. And that, that, you know, yeah. It's not always it's good a good to have idea. somebody kind of pushing you and also kind of giving you that guidance and 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 and, and, and helping you know that you actually can do it because I think yeah. sometimes we don't always have the confidence in ourselves and then um, somebody else that we talk to gives us that confidence that we need to to try something new to get our feet wet. Yeah, for sure. Any new suggestions as well? So I mean, when we do the the cooking like a pro, uh, with people actually doing the cooking themselves. They're always finding new ways to kind of, you know, whether it be cooking a vegetable that they've already familiarized with, but just kind of cooking it a different way, adding a breading, adding different seasoning, or if it's a protein, maybe they have no skill set at all in the kitchen because, you know, I had a- So they don't want to cook. And they, they don't, don't want to cook. Because people tell me, like, yeah, chef, I eat out all the time. Well, I mean, you don't have to eat out all the time. Try to have fun with it, right? Try to go get in the kitchen and obviously, you know, have- you know, some sort of idea of what you need to do and kind of have good time manage it always helps you out kind of not have such a crazy hectic day uh, give yourself enough time to do all these things because sometimes people don't really account for chopping the vegetables cooking the things letting the things cool down if you want to have it stored in the fridge maybe it's made too much because you maybe want to have leftovers you know it could be a soup a sauce a stew who knows but you know we try to give you the, 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 that kind of inspiration to go home and actually um you know go home and want to cook and I, I want to cook healthy this. food, right? Yeah, right. Like, like, I, I can do this and I want to do this, right? right. That's, it's not because like I can do this. Most people can do it, but it's, it's like I want to do this. And getting the motivation to actually want to go and do it um, can also help. It, right. it can come from somebody like you or I kind of giving that little drive and want to give you some more tools uh, and tips and tricks along the way to kind of get you in that in the right spot. So. Yeah, no, I agree. Do you ever notice um, – like when, when you were a kid and you did something, you achieved something and you're like, oh my God, look what I did. I got an A or look what I made. And and they get really excited and animated um, that they did something that they hadn't done before. I see that all the time here um, and when they when they do cooking like a pro and, and I come in and I check in on everybody and they're like, look, look at this soup. What I mean, do you want to try it? It yeah, tastes no, really sure. good. Yeah. And uh, I, I love that um, hands on because I think if we watch it, it's wonderful and we learn. But when we actually do it, 
it's a whole different experience. I agree. So, um, yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of, and the same thing, like we, we teach you about label reading here and then we take you to the grocery store because kind of what you learn in the classroom, you, you know, and then you take it to the place and apply it, it, it is so much more impactful and they definitely have more confidence when they go home to go to the grocery store because they've already had that dry run. The first day that when we do the cooking like a pro, we let everyone kind of give, you know, get familiarized with the knife, how to hold it properly, how to cut through a vegetable. We kind of give them the, the soft vegetables for a zucchini, then we build them up to peppers, onions, and then like a beet or a carrot, like a denser, harder vegetable. And, you know, kind of showing you along the way, then kind of stopping at each kind of turn and giving you, you know, kind of hand holding the, you know, kind of guidance. That was given to me just a couple of months ago. I was doing a, um, a pottery thing. I took my kids and my wife to do this, like, you know, pottery like, class. You know, and um, I'm terrible at it. I, I always wanted to do it since I was a kid, though. But like, but the lady's looking at me, and I'm like, you know, she's she, now she's the instructor, and she's like looking at me like, you, you tell me, like, what are you doing over here? You know, can't you do it? My daughter and everyone else is doing a better <laughs> job than me, and I'm thinking I would be like the best at it, no, right. not at all. But right. uh, it, it came out good. Mine looks like very much like a. Uh, and, you know, an art piece because it looks all, you know, they, they still, they still dried it out and whatever it is, right, but it was right. fun. And, but she stopped along the way and kind of gave me that guidance and said, you know, I, I want to be to go back and do it. And I want to, I, I want to master it. I want to master it. I want to, you know, this is such, just a hobby of course, but like it, it, it was fun to do, you, you know, and, and, and I was inspired to do it just because it, that teacher kind of made it fun. And, it, and it's something that I felt like I could do it again, you know? And yeah. I think if I kept doing it, Hey, I can, I could do it more, you know, I, my wife's like, we're not buying an oven and like all this like <laughs> you wanted to get all the you know, all, all the, the stuff, stuff to go with it. It's not happening. But, right. You know, well, maybe yeah. when you get better, you know, well, you, get better. it it it. But how you do you get better? You will have earned it. Well, you'll have to go to the place yeah. and then you earn it, yeah, right? I agree. But I I also think it is a really good idea for us as teachers to do something else and be the student, so that we could really see what it feels like. Because one of the things that I have to be very careful of a lot of times when I'm talking to someone is because I do this all the time. It's just, you know, I just think the next person might know that, but they might not, yeah. you know? So unless I'm a student to remind myself, oh, like I got, I got to, I got to cut, make sure they really understand. I can't assume anything. And sometimes it takes being the student to remind ourselves that we need to be very crystal clear and not assume that people know something just because we know it. There was a there was a guy in my class a couple months ago, and he's he has like no, he had like no like you know familiarity with any of the vegetables or fruit we were using. Yeah, you know, like the more exotic ones, right? So I told him that we're going to make a roasted parsnip soup, and he needed parsnips and leeks. He's like, I don't know what that is. I was like, it's the white carrots over there. Boom. He was like, all right. Now, now, now the rest of the time, he was calling them white carrots. You know? Right, you know? right, right. But he's like, what's the leak? I was like, it's the giant scallion over there. Because you know, it kind of looks like a giant scallion. Right, but it like, does. But making fun, fun with it. And now every time, he, has, he was back um, you know, right before we had closed. And he's like, I've been buying them giant scallions and there's white carrots. I made that soup again, chef. So it was like, you know, something. That you can relate to. You know? Right, yeah, so it was right. Fun. It was fun to see that he was actually made the soup again because it was a good soup and it's it's flavorful. So and he learned something new and he can call it whatever he wants to call it. Yeah. 
If you're trying to lose weight, overcome some health issues, or just feel better, eating processed foods with too much sugar and too much sodium is gonna prevent you from hitting these goals. Well, let's face it, sometimes eating healthy food can be boring. My name is Vince Delapola. I'm the executive chef here at Pritikin Longevity Center. It's my job to make sure that the cuisine we serve you at the Pritikin Longevity Center not only meets our health standards laid out by our physicians and our nutritionists, but it's also flavorful, exciting, and something new for our guests to experience. That's why my team and I have been working on our new menu for our grand reopening. If you're looking for a place where you can enjoy flavorful, whole and unprocessed foods that are going to help you hit your goals and live completely, come and dine with us at the Pritikin Longevity Center. Hope to see you soon. Yeah, I used to call when I was little, I used to call broccoli trees. Mom, are you making trees tonight? <laughs> they look like little tiny trees. Nice. You know, so I, I think I think what's really, really important is is that we become relatable to people, you know, some attaching something that they understand to, to something, something else. So like some some of the guests that come here are in the financial world, they're financial planners, financial advisors, stockbrokers are all about finances. And I would say, listen, I don't know a lot about finances, but I understand food budgets. So if you understand financial budgets, you can apply it to food budgets, right? It's like we talk about front loading with vegetables because they're the lowest calorie dense foods. So I'm like, think of a budget. If if there's something that you know that's really good for you and it doesn't really cost a lot, don't you want to have more of that? It's going to give you so much back for for less calories, not necessarily less money. Or are you... Or are you going to buy something that actually maybe costs less in money, but in terms of your health, the cost is really, really high. So people that think in numbers, I try to relate food to budgets and numbers because that's something that they can really relate to. And I'm like, this is really expensive. Is it worth it to you? And if the answer is yes, then maybe you go ahead and do it. But you're not going to be able to do something expensive all the time because you're going to run out of money, which means you're going to start growing in ways that you don't want to be growing. You're going to be getting, you know, different sorts of diseases or uh, high blood pressure, cholesterol, whatever that cost is, is, you know, once you go too far above the budget, then these things are going to start happening. But if it's special and it's worth it and you, you know, you do it once in a while, you can afford it. You know what I mean? So I think it's also just as you were talking about, you know, he knows what a carrot is. So you're like, it's a white carrot, you know, so then so then the learning is happening because you're associating it with something that they're familiar with. Exactly. Mm. So um, so we talked about the kind of the mindset improvements you can potentially make with a with a one on one with a registered dietitian. What what isn't. When it comes to another aspect that you can benefit from from that session, I think the one I'm thinking about is kind of conditions. Like if you have, what are some of the conditions that you can kind of discuss with the registered dietitian one-on-one where it's like you have this condition, maybe you should try this type of food and kind of experiment with this or Maybe you have some thyroid issues. Maybe you should try this or mm-hmm. kind of what are some- If I could chime in here, the f- first one I'm probably going to you know, hear the most is the doctor told me I should be gluten-free, you know, what should I, you know, and then what can I- What can I eat can that's I gluten-free, you know, right? That's just one of them. I'm sure you probably hear a right, lot, you know. Right, right. 
Uh, sorry to chime in. No, no, because no, I, I, I hear it know, all the that, time. That's a really good one. And 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 honestly, I, I I sit with the people and I say, listen, how many minutes did you spend with your doctor? Mm. And they're like, I don't know, maybe ten. I said, on average, you get eight to twelve minutes for a doctor visit, unless your doctor is a concierge doctor. So it's very easy to say, go gluten free. Don't eat anything white. You know, th these are just little comments that they say, but. It, it's it's almost too general, but it's really all they have have time for. Yeah. So I think it's really important to kind of delve a little deeper into that and explain what is okay. I go gluten free, but like why? What wh why? You know, if I don't understand so the lot. why, then why the heck am I going to do it? Mm -hmm. You know, or am I just going to follow directions for for no good reason? But well, that's the thing. I mean, giving giving the actual explanation is is, is important. Is really important, and um, you know, unfortunately. Doctors have a lot of patients to see, and they could only do what they can do in the time that they have. And I think the dietitian role is really, really important because we're able to give a little bit more explanation and understand the person and really be able to maybe help gear them in a direction as opposed to give them a very flippant go gluten free. Yeah. It's like then they have to do all this internet searching, and sometimes the information could be incorrect. They're like, you know, they're not educated at all and told to do something. But to your point about a specific condition, I would say uh, we also get a lot of people here with insulin resistance, yeah. right? Which basically means that they're they're working too hard and overproducing insulin to to cover the food that they're eating. So one really easy hack for somebody that has insulin resistance is I'm like, listen, if you put less pressure on your pancreas, it will like you more. You you are you are working this thing to the bone. So if you if if you take a walk every night after dinner, guess what? That's going to help make your insulin work better. It's going to sensitize it a little bit. Would you be willing to go for a walk after dinner? It doesn't have to be super fast or brisk. It's number one, it's a distraction because you're not having dessert. And number two, it's helping you sensitize your insulin and insulin resistance is one of your biggest challenges right now. So we could take something very simple like that, that someone's like resistant to change and say, oh yeah, that's no problem. I, I can do that. Um, I've got a dog. I, he, he should be walked for. I'm like your dog will appreciate it too. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? So it's, it's a win-win for everybody and it's something that you're willing to do. So I do work with a lot of people that have this insulin resistance and um, there are definitely little things like more movement, whatever movement you can increase during the day, the fruit need friends, a uh, little comment that I told you earlier, when you attach fiber, pro protein and or fat to a fruit, it will help slow down the rise of the blood sugar. So um, I, I think it's a really good idea if, you know, when I have a fruit, I have a friend with it. People remember that. That's easy to remember. And we even have these little coolers where we put little fruit cups, like little fruit cups and then big vegetable cups. That's a message. The message is the vegetables, you want to have more and less of the fruit and you want to pair them together. They're really good friends. Would you say there's like a wide range of different conditions that can be treated, I would say, with food adjustments, with nutritional adjustments? Is there things that maybe I can go uh, to you and be like, Hey, I'm feeling this way. I'm just feeling kind of down. Like I'm feeling kind of this, I'm eating this, like, like, just hey, like maybe you should about even just depression or something like that. You know? Yeah. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Like, like I'm thinking depression. Right. Yeah. Maybe so somebody fatigue. could be, 
really yeah. tired and depressed and fatigued. And the more inflammatory foods we eat, the deeper we will go mm. into that space. What are inflammatory foods? They're refined processed foods, um, fried foods, um, foods that are not whole. So, you know, unfortunately, when we are depressed, sometimes we turn to these foods. So it mm. kind of continues the, the snowball yeah. effect. But if we can, you know, talk to someone, have an interest and say, you know, okay, today I'm going to get up and you know what, I'm going to challenge myself to healthy breakfast. That one change can help change the mood because when you start eating foods that fuel you in a healthier way, you feel better, you have more energy. It can actually help with um, the depression or the fatigue because a lot of times it's the foods that we eat and the lack of hydration that contribute to, to that in addition to if you have a predisposed condition to have depression. I think it's definitely beneficial for anyone to have a sit down with, with somebody like you. If it's not for just thirty minutes, kind of you know get your you know, pick your brain and get get some good answers, uh, get some good answers out of you and your questions answered. You know, there was a guy at a doctor's office years ago. I remember going to the doctor next door to me, and a guy was yeah, I could overhear the doctor kept telling him, guy, you need to eat more red meat. Mm -hmm. And the guy said, "Well, doc, I really don't like red meat," but I just kept hearing a doctor. He liked was ignoring He's the fact ignoring that he doesn't like, like it. Well, there's nothing else you can really basically do. You got to eat more red meat. It's like I don't know if he had low iron or blood cells. Right, I don't but know if he was, said, but... "Listen, your iron is low," he, you know, here's a, here's list, a of list of foods that yeah, are it was like iron. So we red can find... meat. Here was like a, it was a broad swath of like <laughs> there was no other right, option he gave right. the guy. You know, and I was like, and then, that has to be something else for the guy, right? Like exactly. so, like something like that. I'm sure you know, as an example, he would he probably would have benefited talking to you for five minutes. You know, I mean, exactly. Thank you for listening to the Healthier Everyday Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. If you're interested in learning more about the Pritikin Longevity Center and how the physician-led team of wellness professionals have been helping people for almost 50 years, visit Pritikin.com. That's P-R-I-T-I-K-I-N.com.